there are a lot of TV shows out there talking about how flipping is, I guess, the bee's knees and everything. And you would have noticed it in the recent episode, The Block. And in The Block, you would have seen some crazy auctions. Mr. Lambo guy coming out, paying a million bucks over the last bid and blowing everyone out the water. And then you've got other auctions where people were struggling to make profit, right? So it's a very wide and far world, even though they're on the same TV show, pretty similar houses, but just had the renovations come out in different ways. So really, I guess the question is, is flipping worth it? This episode isn't about isolated examples. It's about some pretty decent math that we apply to both angles to see what the numbers truly show. So please do stick around for the rest of this episode so you can hear about what the numbers truly show. And look, I'll be giving some interesting calculations that do give both sides fairness and a bit of love. So I hope you really see at the end of the show that I've been pretty fair on how I got the numbers. But firstly, is flipping worth it? We're going to go into this in a little bit more detail. And episodes like this, if you're loving the topic and you feel like, hey, this is definitely the type of stuff I want to hear. And I want to hear more stuff like this where Arjun gets the numbers, breaks them down and goes through various insights like flipping. And perhaps it might be for other areas of property investing. Well, you know what to do. Jump on our YouTube page. And if you're already here, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button on this video. And of course, share the comments of your thoughts. Now, in these two examples, we're going to go through one example to do with the property flipper. And the other example is going to be the property holder, the simple buy and hold strategy. And look, I thought of doing 10 years, but I thought simply done with five because in five years, this will demonstrate to you that you can just see the numbers on both sides and make a pretty good example of where you'd like to go with this. Now, again, I just want to remind on both scenarios, we're not talking about the COVID gain on one side and everything's growing 30% per annum. And we're not talking about the 1.5 million block profit as recently seen. Everything's flipping for crazy and amazing money, right? We don't want to do that. We want to talk about some sensible numbers on both ends and just see where it takes us and what's happening. And so we're going to go through an example and the examples give us numbers on both sides. So the first one here is we're going to look at 20% value gain of a 500k property. Now, you can cut up margins in so many different ways. And so with the 20% value gain, remember, it's not just value of the 500k property growing, it's 20% margins of a project, and we're making it 20% of the value of the property, right? So in this case, it's a 500k property. So adding 20% on top, which is a successful project, and we're adding like you made 100k. And then from this perspective, we're also then going on top of that, you're getting the market growth, because guess what, you're also holding a property as you're renovating it. So you're getting 10% market growth, you're getting 20% margins to gain on the value of the property. So in fact, you're seeing a pretty good total growth. Now, we chucked in a bit of tax rates, I threw in some uh, profit equity before after tax looking at it. And we landed at about $82,800 after tax. So this was a tax rate of 40%, I believe. And from this number, we've also then looked at no CGT benefits because you're flipping and getting it all done within the 12 months, getting on it pretty quickly. You bought it for 500K. You've seen that gain of 20% and another 10% on top with regards to market growth. So doing pretty good, right? Uh, who can complain with an 82, 800 in after-tax profits? So this is also after, by the way, a couple of buying costs, selling costs here and there. Um, try to factor these sorts of things in with some pretty standard numbers. But now we'll go to the investor. So what did the investor do? The investor did a 500K property and then also had 10% growth. Nothing else, nothing special, just the same growth, 
same market, where do they land? About 50K, because remember, they're not selling, so there's no tax gain or loss here. They're, they're holding it into the asset. There's 50K. So who wins in year one? Go flippers. Well done. So now we're going to number two property because the flippers like, hey, I got a bit of confidence. I just made more money than that silly old buy and hold person did, right? So I'm going to go and do this again. But guess what? Is a flipper going all around the country to do this again? Or have they found some comfort in their backyard? They did a project once, so they thought, hey, I'm pretty smart at this. Why don't I do another project in my backyard? So they decide to stay in their backyard. Now, can you get the same growth every year, all the time at high levels in your backyard? The science says no, because not every market is rising at every year really quickly. It's usually a lot of flat periods with some boom, some declines. So now they go in and they make the same 20%. However, this time we're saying there's no huge growth happening. There's nothing really. It stayed flat. And so they still pull out some profit. In this case, you know, about 129,000 in total when you put the first year of doing it, plus this now second year where they've done about 46,200 in the second year because it's just gains alone. It's not the actual growth happening. Now the person who bought with data on the first property is starting to see their data come to life, right? Because they bought it with some emerging trends and the first year of eight to 10% start suddenly turns to 20% in the second year because they're seeing that momentum. And this can happen in property booms. And it's not just the COVID boom. This has happened in booms across the nation in their own respective cities in their own cycle. This is the data person going, I'm looking across the nation to find the best possible result. Now, before we go to year three, the person that's picking the data because they've got two years in a row now, growth cycles emerging, they've got $160,000 in growth, whereas the first person had $129,000. So now we're starting to see some changes here. Now, if we go to the next year, the next year, the flipper goes, hmm, I'm getting pretty good at this. Why not maybe try and get some bigger fish to fry? Let's go and get a bigger deal. And um, I'm not, I just realized I'm not a huge fish person, so I don't really... Uh, eat much fish there, but if you fry your fish, you're getting a bigger one now. So we're going 600K and we're then adding a 20% margin again, but it's a bigger deal because you want to, hey, do this margin at a greater deal size so you can get more money. And now we're taking total profits to about 187K after tax. Again, not much growth happening in this market because we've bought in our backyard. Now from the buy and hold, we've decided, hey, you know what? A lot of growth here. Why not repeat it? It was pretty simple. I bought it once, I used some data, I held it, and I can just basically sit through it all and just basically go, well, I'll do it in another market. They've taken that equity and they've bought two affordable properties using their equity. Now with these two affordable properties, they grow 5% in their first year, nothing crazy, but then the other property starts to grow by 10%. And so now we're starting to see some growth start to emerge, but not as good growth yet on their next purchases because they just found the new cycle in another area. And so total growth now, when you look at property one, it's at 225K and property two and three, because they're more affordable purchases at cheaper purchase prices using equity, we're at about 35K growth. So nothing too crazy yet because it just started their cycles. And again, the total because of the compounding effect, multiple equity releases going again and no tax being paid because you're not realizing the money every time, you're at 260K wealth growth. We're getting juicier, right? I think you can start to see a trend emerging. We go to year four, and in year four, the person at flipping goes and buy another 600K property. They again make 20% gains. And then whilst the buy and hold person has now had property two and three where they bought earlier in the cycle in another market start to emerge into a stronger cycle growth. Suddenly, 
They're at 337K compounding wealth across their three properties, whilst the flippers made some decent profits, but at after tax were at 245. The final year, the flippers like, hey, I'm going hard at this. I have really done well in my developments. I'm constantly getting 20% margin. I'm gonna up my margin up now on an 800K purchase. And I'm not going to the five to 600K smaller deals because I'm making more money. I'm, I'm bankrolling it. They then, then do the same 20% margin on gain. They then flip that out and they get left with 324K profits. Not a bad time earning this money, right? 324K profits rolled up against multiple deals. They're doing pretty good here. You know, they're getting what, sort of 60 to 90K or 60 to 80K per deal, depending on which deal they're doing. That's pretty good if you're just, you know, doing one a year and you're kind of having the rest of your time back. So I'm not going to lie there, a lot of time back for you. But if we're talking pure money with less effort, not having to do anything but hold it, buy it, and then really see compounding wealth take off, the person who held it, looking at the numbers here now, has had property one, growth cycle now finishes because they've had a few years of growth. Property two and three really emerged in their growth cycle. Now they've got three streams of income, three properties at 484K growth, five years. Buying one, holding equity, buying two, three, holding equity, no tax, no realization, pure compounding wealth. So let's take a step back and look at these two examples and realize what's going on. Well, the first thing is, is compounding wealth with no tax because it's saying they're unrealized across diversified markets, multiple assets driven by data outside of your backyard cannot be beaten. The truth is with flipping, you've got the risk involved, the buying costs, the taxes, the selling costs, the need for every project to go perfectly and for you to be able to hope that the backyard that represents the value, that represents all the networks, the connections, the physical, the tangible for you to travel, get it all right, renovate it perfectly, constantly also remains the growth market of the year every year in a row. It's not the case. Remember, this is much harder than what it looks or what it's made out to be on the TV shows. And hence why even on the TV shows, you see 65K profit from one couple in the season to the same season having someone else profit over a million dollars. Yes, with some factors that one may question, but even if you took the million dollar gain and you're at the 1.4, you had 400 profit, 400 to 65 profit variance is still a large variance for people working on the same show, the same sorts of properties, just not coming out the same. So this is why it's really important to not get the shiny object syndrome when investing. I have done renovations on properties, but I'm yet to flip them. I hold properties in my portfolio with the majority of my strategies, and even today and even tomorrow will be buy and hold. The biggest thing you can do to realize this is play with a compounding calculator and just let the time, let the percentages, let the equity releases, let the new purchases start going on and start to see the difference it makes. And heck, if you realize at the end of the day that the paper wealth is not for you and you want it to be realized into real wealth, well, when you exit those assets down the track and you clear all the debts on other assets, you end up getting unleveraged assets producing high streams and diverse streams of income. This is a key thing when investing in property with the flipping versus not flipping. And it's clear you can see which side I'm on. I'm not a flipper. And another point I didn't get to raise was actually the effort that goes into the flipping. I want you to just imagine, and I've raised this on another episode, you can actually check that out regarding borrowing capacities and how you actually can scale a portfolio even on 7% interest rates. 
Now, the main thing I wanted to share was one of the biggest drivers to an individual's portfolio is household or individual income. And so imagine if you can rise that income substantially with all the efforts that you put into place of that development project or the renovation project. You grab that effort, that time, the investment, the learning, the knowledge, and put it into what you do best at work. How much could your income scale? How many roles could be unlocked? How much could your business grow? Where could you take that? We showed an example in that calculator from what a 120K income to a 150K income does. It added hundreds of thousands of dollars in borrowing capacity. So just imagine what that can do to unlock the next wave of growth in your assets. That is key. And that's something that many people don't look at when they're looking at the metrics is the ROI of your time. Hope you found this episode of value. And, and if you love content like this, please do check us out on the Investigate YouTube page where you can see more like this, the videos, the metrics, the charts behind it all. It's Investigate on YouTube. Click like and subscribe so we can send you more videos like this in the future.